0: Why did you want to write this book?
1: I was sitting in front of couples and individuals, and they all were saying the same thing first. They were all saying, I didn't sign up for this, which echoed my own experience. Many people were saying things like, this must just be me. I'm probably the only person struggling in this. And I wanted to open the door to what it looks like inside real relationships.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Happy yeah. I know. Thank <laughs> you. We were talking about how you're the contrarian that that the two of
2: us are like yes, yes. That's not a ball, negative actually.
1: thing.
2: What's that? It's not a negative thing. No, I mean, when I I, for, I, know, I remember for saying that to Kathy during a podcast, and I felt like I hurt your feelings, and I oh. was like, oh, it's not a negative thing. I just mean yeah. that you like you see things in a different way than we do. And it, I'm it's a negative Nelly. No, just, no, no, it's yeah. not all negative, just though. <laughs> it's like, as I was saying in Girl Scouts, sometimes we'll be like, oh, yeah so something is a terrible idea. And you're like, no, well, think about it. Uh, you know, I thought it actually sounded like a good idea. And then we listen to you and we're like, oh, she's absolutely right. That is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. It's just a contrary opinion to the <laughs> yes. one that's presented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which doesn't
0: mean it's negative. This is
1: Tracy. Tracy Kathy. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I, I did eavesdrop in your most recent episode about tiny little things. Tiny, yes. Oh, your most tiny recent. beautiful oh, little things. Yes. yes. yes yeah. Beautiful things. So I feel like I've already been sitting with you in the room and hanging out with all three of you. And, <laughs>
0: nice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Anybody else nervous that she's a therapist?
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> I had therapy going,
0: today. Bipolar, bipolar, right. <laughs> bipolar. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here today I've, I've
1: since you've listened to this podcast yeah. we're pretty loosey-goosey i uh, love it i love having real conversations that's the most important thing good because mm-hmm. we have
0: them right yeah mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> this is, is this the first time we've had an author i think it is i think so i've yeah. had an author before but mm-hmm. not as a book club so this is the first time we've done this like this this
1: is so cool and yeah. you actually have physical copies of my book right? I, I do too. i didn't pull it out we yeah, do. so Real yes. totally, yeah. to just I got see new-marked. it in form huh I got it all. You're such a good feeling,
3: right? Mm. Wait, yeah. you've seen it before. Oh, I've seen it. Okay, yeah.
1: I, okay. I the official copies are in a box at home, so I haven't seen that just yet, but oh. I have seen it. I've read it for the audiobook, so <laughs> I went through it again. <laughs> and, yeah, so yeah. before yeah, we tell you like
2: what we thought about um the book like what like it looks great for one thank you it looks Mm -hmm. great but also i love the layout and we've talked about this i think was it rachel hollis Mm -hmm. who her book Uh was similar where there's like the takeaway Mm -hmm. at the end of each chapter which i really loved and those are a lot of those i flagged i was like oh yeah i'm
1: gonna save this for later (laughs) oh good i'm so glad to hear that that just makes it i think come to life especially because it's stories Mm -hmm, stories of of people And then it's like, here's the piece I want you to take home and really go inside and ask yourself these questions. Oh, it's great. Mm.
0: It's great Uh, homework. And, you know, if if you have a a significant other that's not a reader, Mm. then you could just skip to that action piece because it's all action pieces. Right. Yeah. And and talk about that with your spouse or yourself or go back and reference that later. I mean, I loved hearing about everybody's experiences, but I agree with you that that was really great.
1: It's my hope that you can read the book and then go to your partner and say, oh, look, look, there's Matt and Emily and wow, we're kind of like them. And he does this. Do you think that's what your thing is? Because that was his thing. And so it almost is a way of inviting our partners in Mm -hmm. into that therapy experience, especially where partners might be more resistant. Husbands may not be so inclined to do some of their therapy work. Right. Yeah. Hopefully that opens it up for them. I think it
0: would. Tracy. How long have you been a therapist? I, I know the answer to some of these questions,
1: but how mm-hmm. long have you been a therapist? Mm-hmm. I've been working with clients for over, well, almost two decades, so 17 years. Wow. Yes, yes. That's and great. have you it's... always done just couples? No. And as part of the psychologist training, so to do my PhD, they want you to be a generalist. Yeah. So we train broadly in treating all sorts of mental health conditions and presenting issues, personality challenges, emotional stress, burnout, anxiety, depression. And then my specialty is couples. So really being in the room with those two people, it's Mm -hmm. fun. Did your specialty (laughs) just sort of
2: show up like you realized that you were really hitting it out of the park with couples or did you prefer it or was it just sort of were you
1: was it more convenient? Uh, Like, how did that work? Yeah, it's a great question. Um. I was researching relationships and attachment theory in my undergraduate degree. And so I knew I wanted to go and continue doing this attachment piece of understanding our romantic partnerships. They're complex. There's a lot in there. And yet they're the most important relationships to us. We fight hard for them. And so when I applied for my PhD, I applied to work with Dr. Sue Johnson and researched emotionally focused couples therapy. And having gone into the PhD, I said to my trainer at the beginning, I would like to see couples. Send me all the couples. And he was the one saying, slow down. You need to be the generalist first. And it's a really interesting dynamic in the room because you're working with so many different relationships and parts. So I have a relationship with each of the clients and then they have their relationship together. And then they're all doing the work, one person inside of them. And then also that dynamic. So it can be quite complex. That's really cool. Mm-hmm.
0: I know uh had a friend here that was looking for a couple's therapy, uh, a therapist, and um, I guess her daughter was in therapy and she'd asked her daughter's therapist for a recommendation. And she said, they are so hard to find. Mm. Why? Yes. I wonder why. <sighs> Is it because of that complexity you're talking about? Is it a lot more work because you're working in two people? At
1: one time, or Th- there's both in there. So, first, I believe that we have long wait lists right now for couples. Mm. And um, the other piece is because of that specialized training, and because there is something about yourself as a therapist that has to be able to tolerate that discomfort mm. showing up between two people in the therapy room. Mm. I remember early on in my training, I had a couple that would yell at each other through the entire session. Oh, gosh. Oh, yes. It, it, and it's challenging. So for, for me and my nervous system, my nervous system has to be able to tolerate that and then also be able to de-escalate them. And not everybody wants to be able to or is able to to do that in their practice. I also think it speaks to balancing the type of work you do. So I don't see only in just couples. I balance it with seeing individuals as well.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That way it's not all that intensity all the time or that kind of intensity all the time.
2: Your uh, answer makes a lot of sense because I think we've all been in the position where you've been cornered by (laughs) two people. You're Mm -hmm. hearing it from both sides and it's very, very uncomfortable. I remember when Richard and I were first together. We went over to the the guy who introduced us, somebody who we'd both worked with, and um, we went over to their home. and I was sitting on a couch about this size in the middle, and the wife was on one side, and he was on the other side, and they both were wow. literally talking at me in each of my ears about what they hated about the other person, oh, no. and I was like. <laughs> he can hear you. She can hear you. And it was the most uncomfortable I've just about ever been. And I mean, must be just like a little slice of your day.
1: (laughs) And we're going through the hard pieces, too, right? That people come in. And this is the other hard piece about couples therapy is people want to come in and to feel good right away. We know that people wait until they've had enough. And the next step is going to see the lawyer. And that's the part where they're coming to couples therapy rather than viewing it as preventative Mm -hmm. and doing it early on. So here are two people who are at their wits end. They have had years of this distress and they're saying, fix us, just make this better. And I have to keep reminding them this is going to take time. You didn't get here overnight. These are Mm -hmm. micro moments over years from even your early days of dating that cemented these patterns that we're having to... Unfold, uncover, rework, and move forward. Wow, it's brave work. Thank you. That's bravery.
0: I don't know. (laughs) That'd be hard. It's hard enough to do it in your own home, right?
1: And then you have your own home. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And my training in as a couples therapist certainly brought up some things for me that I, I can remember leaving at times thinking, "Okay, we're we're in a good place. We're good in our relationship." And then other times thinking. this is kind of stirring up something for me that we've Mm. got to work through. That's kind of cool. Cool and hard. Cool and hard, yes. (laughs) Never a day off then, huh? And and then you mix in kids, and that is the, (laughs) do I have capacity at the end of the day? Right. Right? So here I am caring for my clients all day, and then at the end of the day needing a little bit more left for them. Right. Yeah. That makes it challenging. I bet. Well,
0: I didn't sign up for this. I thought, I'm going to just jump in, ladies. I thought it was very brave of you to put your own experience in with your Mm -hmm. couples experiences, because as a therapist, you could write about couples experience. I would imagine without self-reflecting and Mm -hmm. showing that you're human and that you um, and uh, that you apply what you're learning to your own house. I thought it was very brave Mm -hmm. and that nasty part of what happens when you become a parent, the part where you're like, this sucks for me I don't like this. I don't have a minute. The part in the book where you were crying in the shower going like this is my only time alone Mm -hmm. all day is such a real part of parenting that no (laughs) one talks about ever. I thought it was really brave of you to put that out there so people could see a therapist. You think I think people's perception of therapists is that they have no problems right. or they have mm-hmm. so many problems that the reason they're in therapy is that they're super screwed up. You know, that stupid stereotypical <laughs> assumption people make, which is so incorrect. I just thought it was really great that you put all that out there for Thank people to. Yeah, it was brave,
2: yeah. but it, I think it was also made it so engaging because instead of just reading these case studies where, some of them may not apply to us. You know, there are some chapters that I thought, OK, I do not have their, either of their problems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But like by inserting yourself into it, it sort of it made it kept it more engaging, like as a story. So I felt like mm-hmm. in some at some point I was reading a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also reading a novel at the same time um, by Ash- Ashley Audrain, um, Canadian author. (laughs) We've got the Canadian connection here, but, um, the whispers, which I thought, Oh, Dr. Tracy could be, all of these people would benefit from therapy, from couples (laughs) therapy. (laughs) They all had like, they were almost, they were very, there were some similarities to the couples mentioned in the book. Um, and so it was just, it was very interesting. And then it made me realize, Oh, this kind of feels like it's your book is not dry the way some, um, i I guess it's not self-help but i for lack of a better term um remember when we were picking like the type of books that we were interested Uh in reading and i was like no more self-help it's boring like (laughs) some of them are just too dry and so you really like made it engaging by really focusing on these stories and that it felt almost like a novel and then there was the takeaway the sort of clinical takeaway or that that um it was very helpful so the action
0: item Mm -hmm. at the end Mm -hmm. is
2: self-reflect and Mm
0: -hmm. do some inner work yeah It was great. Yeah, I agree. I like how,
3: um, like you said, it was almost like a novel. It didn't really occur to me until you said that now, but there was like this nice connective tissue, like it brought it all together. Um, I thought, yeah, I really liked how it was done that way Um, because some of the books that we read are very dry and Mm -hmm. they're very focused on only negative aspects and what you do to fix them or whatever. And this was, I don't know, it just felt more genuine. Um, which you don't always get in these types of books. Mm. So I thought that was really nice.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That's really meaningful. It it was important to me to share stories of real Mm -hmm. people and of the everyday challenges that we all face, including myself. And my hope is that people can connect to that, that they can see some part of themselves. Maybe the the feedback I've gotten so far is that there's a little piece in everybody that they could see Mm -hmm. uh, within themselves. And that that would be my hope and because yes I get that I mean I love and promote and offer my clients self-help books and they're my favorite sections of the stores to go to and at the same time if we're not getting through the book into the good (laughs) stuff near the end then we're not benefiting from it and we learn through stories we're made up of stories stories of what we say inside our mind the stories we tell our friends and colleagues and kids And in our relationships. And so my goal was to teach through story Mm -hmm. and then to also add that human perspective in there, Mm -hmm. which I know not everybody might want to read about. And they might say, oh, therapist, gosh, I don't want to read about your marriage. And that's okay. And then I think the other piece, too, is normalizing that it's one thing to know all of these skills and tools And to be in front of the couple and to be able to work with them with the different interventions and to see them grow and change. And then when you close your office door at the end of the day and you pack all that therapy stuff up in the box and then I go home and my own stuff is right in front of me. And as a human, I have my own fears and my own narratives Mm -hmm. and my own previous experiences that show up in my relationship. And I think if I kept myself out of the chapters, it would have said, these are other people's experiences mm-hmm. rather than me being able to say, I am just like you. Mm-hmm. I loved that part yeah. of the book.
0: I thought that was so endearing and um, humanizing exactly that. Um, it was really easy to read. You're a very good writer. Thank
1: you. you know, good. You can
0: have great information and not write it in a way that is easy to digest and understand. And I never had a problem just flowing through the whole book. I know self-help books for some people are like torture, I think, because you don't really want to learn Mm -hmm. that stuff. But if you're off in a ditch in your marriage, right, Mm -hmm. and you need some kind of resource, this book was very easy to read and understand. The other thing that was super, I don't want to say easy, but
3: like the takeaways that you're like, you should try this, do this, right? Like, that stuff was very manageable like there are some books we've read and I like read the first thing I was like are you out of your mind I'm not writing nine paragraphs like I can't be bothered like whatever like it's just overwhelming and I'm not interested I'm not doing that um I might be closed off I'm just saying Um, but like this stuff it felt very doable and manageable and it wasn't um I don't want to say negative, but it felt like it was something that was easily accomplished and you could see a result at the end of it. Hmm. Um, so I thought that was also really a great part of it. Like that, those takeaways are valuable.
2: Yeah. It was a very uh, cohesive book mm-hmm. in that um, chapter, story, then the takeaways at the end, but it also functions in some ways as two books where you can just follow the narrative, follow the stories, but then Everyone here knows that I like a short book and I like something. If it, if it can be said in a pamphlet, say it in a pamphlet. So it was almost like the last page of each was the pamphlet. Like you could take the last page of each, uh-huh. photocopy them and go, okay, I got my pamphlet. Yes. <laughs> this is my little toolbox here. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's very uh, true. Not everyone has access to therapy as much. Like you said, there's a waiting list for a couples therapy. There's a waiting list for all types of therapy. And I was talking about this with somebody the other day. I don't remember who it was. But when I started on my journey with therapy, I was 23. And when I realized I really needed that work, I read every self-help book I could get my hands on from Deepak Chopra to Shakti Gwain and everybody in between. I just devoured it because I couldn't really afford therapy, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I. in the way that I wanted it. Like I would have, I think in the beginning I would have gone to therapy every day Mm -hmm. because I was like, oh my gosh, I can get relief for all these problems by working on them, but I could only go to therapy once. So I just ate all these self-help books. So for people who don't have access, those action items are a really great place to start. It may take you longer. It may be more complicated, but at least if it were I know when I was in that place, I felt like at least I was doing something. I was trying something instead of just sitting there, you know, repeating the same thing over
2: and over again, Mm. um, you know, gave me a way to a path. And even for those people, like you mentioned that usually by the time they're at couples therapy, it's when crisis, like complete crisis. Um, So for those people who maybe aren't there yet, but think, okay, this sort of interests me. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. I didn't sign up for this. I think we can all relate to that (laughs) title. Yeah. And so to read that and go, okay, like have some takeaways to not let it get to crisis mode. Um,
1: And to do the work early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To not have to um, wait until it is so bad before making a change. I think there's this element too, especially with the rise of social media, where we're feeling overwhelmed by all of this information mm-hmm. and this need to go into therapy and dig deep. And my hope is that you don't have to be overwhelmed. There are these small things mm-hmm. that you could, even if you just read a chapter a week, did the exercise once a week, or went back to it at a different time, that's going to to change something inside. Mm-hmm. It can't help but, right?
0: Yeah. Can't help but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, why did you want to write this book? Why did you want
1: to write this book? Hmm. I was sitting in front of couples and individuals, and they all were saying the same thing first. They were all saying, I didn't sign up for this, which Mm. echoed my own experience. And at first, when it kept showing up in therapy, I'm thinking, am I hearing this right? (laughs) Is everybody saying this? And that was one piece. But then the other piece was that I often found myself thinking in my mind, I just wish you could see the other couple that I sat with or the other individual that I was working with because many people were saying things like, this must just be me. I'm probably the only person struggling in this. Are we even going to make it through? No couples experience this. And I wanted to open the door to what it looks like inside real relationships. Mm-hmm. We rarely talk about the hard stuff in romantic relationship we're open to talking about our in-laws or to friend difficulties mental health parenting but when it really comes down to standing at the park while your kids are on the swing do we say you know i resent my husband so much today and i'm crying in the shower saying i can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. yeah you're right
0: it's not Mm -hmm. very socially acceptable to talk like that about your your significant i do I have no problem talking about my problems with my significant other to anybody who will listen. But I, I think everybody knows. I think I'm comfortable in knowing that everybody knows I'm not unhappy. Mm-hmm. I'm just unhappy in the moment when I'm talking about it. But not everybody is, is that way. I mean, I definitely am an open book. Um, and I have no problem saying this isn't working. But it's helpful to be like that so that you can... Release some of that pressure valve. So you can maybe go back in and address it differently. Although after reading your book, I see some patterns that I own <laughs> that I <laughs> really want to see. I marked them to talk about them, and I was like, "Shit, man, I got to deal with this now."
1: um Adding on one more piece. I know. Well,
0: you know, let me look at my list because I thought of something just a
1: second ago, and
0: like, I need to that. Though. Um why did you write this book? I just asked that one.
1: (laughs) And Leanne, I think you did a really great job on your recent episode talking about dating each other again, (laughs) which is the ebbs and flows in our relationship. And you were both so good to say, you know, it's not that it wasn't not working. It was fine. We were fine. And that's that's a place that a lot of people get to. And I loved how you had shared that the relationship got on the back burner because, you were saying to yourself i just need to make it to the end of the day mm-hmm. with these kids and i think so many parents can relate to that experience mm-hmm. and then finally when they're in bed then the the last thing you want to do is turn to your partner and say hey let's be close and <laughs> right it's like you stay over there i'm over
0: here mm-hmm. yes yeah, because we don't we don't have time for self-care I, I don't i still don't have time for self-care but i think i reframed self-care a little bit in the context of my relationship, right? Where I went, well, actually self-care, I enjoy uh, talking to Bert. I enjoy going to dinner with Bert. I enjoy having sex with Bert. I enjoy having fun with him. So why would I reject that? That mm-hmm. seems mm-hmm. silly. But I'm also not in the thick of kids like I was, right. you know, even five years ago was a lot thicker than today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been so awesome. We've I've had so much fun doing that. But But I actually, reading your book, thought to myself, there's places that I'm not. Trusting is the wrong word, but I do this thing that you describe in this book. I wonder if I wrote down where the page is. I did, but it may take me a second to find it. Do you remember whose story it was? No, I could not keep anybody's name straight. I think it's because I'm (laughs) in menopause and everybody's name is blah, (laughs) blah, 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 blah. Is Emily married to Jake? Who's John? I mean, that's where my brain would go. Wait, I have to go back to the beginning. And at a certain point, I went, forget it. This is the one that has the mother-in-law that she doesn't like. I can't remember her name. Yes, that's Lydia. Uh Yeah. Lydia and Sam. This is why I could never be a therapist. Every week I go, what's your name again?
1: All all of those details, they're they're packed in there. I can sit in front of a client and their whole story comes up. But it's really interesting to think. And for people uh, watching or listening, if you're in therapy, know that... You impact your therapist. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of brain space that goes to my clients. And it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. I might be driving. Like there's a moment in the story where I'm driving to the grocery store Mm -hmm. thinking about sausages and thinking about (laughs) Emily and Matt. Mm -hmm. These are real experiences as therapists. Right. I believe Mm -hmm.
0: that. I've been with my therapist for a long time. And I know that I affect her. I don't know anything about her. She's been, uh, she's like, to me, she is like the model Therapist, where she just does everything right. Um, I don't know anything about her personal life other than she lost her husband suddenly and had to take moments off, you know, a couple months off her practice. But that's something I think is appropriate for me to know. Yes. But I don't know anything else. She has a grandson. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, I don't know why I started this conversation this way. <laughs> but yeah, it's there was I know someone that in the I book that book that you connected to. No, I you just yeah. said we have yes. uh, we affect you, our therapist. You know I know that you. I affect her. I know I do. Um is part of what I needed also is I have a missing mom, so I needed a connection. And I don't think it's on I think it's actually quite healthy, you yes. know, that she's a mentor. Mm-hmm. And uh and I don't know I affect her. It's and it makes me feel positive self esteem to know that I affect her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not Anyway, I hope that makes sense.
1: Uh, Our our therapists become this uh, safe base for us. They Mm -hmm. become a secure attachment figure in a way. It's a different type of relationship. But when we try out these things in the therapy room, then we leave therapy and go and try it with other people. It's really cool when we can break down the dynamic that oftentimes what happens in the therapy room, I can say, let's step back of this for a moment here. Does this also what you had said and how you said it, does that show up with other people in your life? And let's look at that a little bit more. How could you do this differently? And when we feel safe with our therapist, we can then go out and explore the world and try new things with our partner, friends, or in the workplace um, that we can explore that. Right. Yeah, we're supposed to feel safe with our therapist. I do. I love my mm-hmm. therapist. Shout out to Jackie. Love you, Jackie.
0: <laughs> uh, the thing that... I, what I was looking for was... Um, the thing that I do... That you talk about with one of these couples, this is where we started. I don't remember which couple. Was I just the thing I need from Bert is too much trouble to get out of him. So I'll just do it myself. Mm. I'm Mm. that, that is, that is my swan song. It's like, (laughs) it was just, it's not worth it. I'll just do it myself. And I read that, I don't remember even where it
1: was. And I thought I had written it down. Corinne and Peter
0: was that it
1: yeah i I think that's oh i didn't think i was anything like them no 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 (laughs) but but when you when you say that that's so interesting but when you say like i'll just i just (laughs) do it myself and i go inside that in some ways is what she she does with peter she's she says i can't get this from you you go and shut down so i'll just keep doing all the things yeah that is what i do i am big time that way Um, And also he travels
0: so much that I was like, well, I just have to do it myself anyway. So I'll just continue to do it myself. I don't know that I get resentful, but I do sometimes feel not seen or understood. Um, And I think part of that is my responsibility because I don't go, hey, I actually need you to show up here. Mm. Like I need I know I ask you to take out the garbage and that seems stupid, but I actually need you to do that so that I feel like I'm a partner. You know, I don't do that enough because it's too much trouble. And I think too, not to get too much into therapy, but I spent my childhood being uh, disappointed and let down by my mom. You know, any expectation I had was, it definitely wasn't the priority. So then I think I protect myself by not having an expectation, Mm -hmm. so that I can't be disappointed. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I I feel like not seen, not not known in the same way that I know him because I'm, I spent my childhood making sure everybody was okay mm-hmm. and watching. I, Are you okay? Everybody's okay? Okay, good. You need this done? I'll mm-hmm. do it. And now I have value. Mm-hmm. Now I have a place. But I don't necessarily know that I want that to be the next 30 years of my life, right? Now that we're through having kids and now that we're in this different place of dating uh, and that part is really working well. It allows you to look at the other parts where you go, well, if I could be 10 percent happier here, how can I be 10 percent happier somewhere else? And what is what am I doing that's in the way of that progression? Right. Because what I was doing that was that was in the way of this kind of dating bird again progression was I was just like you said, don't touch me. I'm good. I'm tired. I'm just sleep. And that's just not and when you open yourself up to well i mean really it is only 15 minutes more i mean it's not like we're having eight hour marathon tantric sex it's like 15 <laughs> minutes on a good day so why am i complaining <laughs> i'm just investing i yeah. can't
2: invest that much right. time in Good dive. <laughs> so, Crunching numbers on yeah. the book club.
1: And, and if we're if we're, <laughs> I'm just kidding. if we're talking about intercourse, the average male lasts three to seven minutes. Uh-huh, so, exactly. So yes, but we we do this mental gymnastics of how long is this going to take? How much of my energy? Oh, I don't want to. I've got all of these things to do, and then we shut our bodies down. Uh huh. From from engaging, and then it's this big thing to do. But afterwards, most people say. We should do that more often. Yeah, gosh, that was really fun. We should do that. I more think
2: often. that's so normal like when the kids yeah. are so little and just being yeah. held all the time or breastfeeding or all just all of the touching it's like all touched out. Yes. <laughs> Don't sit on the same couch as me. Like I you know. Yeah,
0: all touched out. Yeah. You're a hypersensitive person? Is that what it's called? Yes, highly mm-hmm. sensitive. HSP.
1: Yes, yes. HSP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I read
2: that book.
0: You <laughs> did? Oh yeah. I'm an HSP. Yeah. Um yeah. I'm, I think my daughter is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, for sure,
1: that was mind blowing. I never heard that term. Uh, yeah, I I hadn't learned it earlier either. And then seeing it in my child, um, and then seeing it within myself, I was like, oh, this really makes sense. When, When my kids fall or they're close to falling, I almost feel this electric shock go through my body and the overstimulation of noise. If there's multiple things going on at one time, um, I have had to stop watching certain types of movies because they rerun in my mind. So it is really interesting when we can understand ourselves more Mm -hmm. and then put it into the context of our relationships.
2: Mm -hmm. I read a book Mm about um, highly sensitive person, how to survive in a world that overwhelms you. Something like that. Yeah. Years ago, years ago. And the first time I read that, I just blew my mind the connection between physiological sensitivity Mm -hmm. and psychological sensitivity that I was like, oh, wow, that's why I tend toward blander foods and whatever. I just am so easily overstimulated that yeah, need a lot of alone time, a lot of quiet time, all that jazz. And
1: that can be hard when we're paired with a partner who doesn't experience the world in the same way. And if, if we aren't able to come to the table and talk about this is you and this is me Mm -hmm. and how can we then make that work? Because a lot of times what we do in our partnerships instead is we We internalize and we personalize their actions. So your request for time and space alone, just to soothe my nervous system from the day, our partner, your partner might feel rejected, might think, oh, it's something about me that they don't want to be with me when that's not what it is at all. I'm married to an Mm -hmm.
0: HSP. (laughs) I read your breakdown and went, oh, this explains a lot. Mm -hmm. This explains a ton of how he processes a moment.
1: I've always...
0: Until I read that in the book, I'm going to read a book about this because Mm -hmm. about HSP because I I it really kind of blew my mind because I know something would happen very what I perceive as very simple in the grand scheme of life really a simple honest mistake if I hurt someone's feelings by accident really don't mean to and say I'm sorry you know I'm so sorry I hurt your feelings the. The process that has to happen for Bert after that goes on a very long time, where in my brain I go, why is this still going on? Like, I, I clearly had no malintent. I apologized. I, there's nothing more I can do. And, and still, the, the, he's still so sensitive about whatever it mm. is that was happening that when I started reading some of the things, I was like, oh, I think he is a highly sensitive person. And I have a nephew, his sister's son, who I read this book and I was like, oh my God, this is what happens for him is he gets, now the difference is Bert doesn't need to separate to soothe. He actually, I think he actually does need to separate to soothe, but it causes him some anxiety to be away from people, to be alone. He doesn't like that. I think that overloads his senses quiet and being alone. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, I'm like, bring it. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that really blew my mind. That has nothing. You didn't write a book about highly sensitive people, but you introduced that mm-hmm. in the book and mm-hmm. it, it really struck a chord for me personally. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, I'm going to look at some of the pages. That there marked.
1: was this other piece earlier where you said it's hard for me to say to Bert, I, like, I, I, I need you. I need you in that connected way. And then it comes out as sometimes the can you change the garbage? Uh-huh. And it's so it's so interesting. So I think this is what we do. So there's the the, the both end here. The, the one piece is, yes, please take out the garbage. I do need help with the tasks. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the mental load, the visible and visible labor. There's a reality there. The other piece is that sometimes instead of allowing ourselves to be open with them, we taskmaster them. Mm. And so because what that's doing is it is this kind of surface or outside way of saying let's connect when going deeper can feel really hard mm-hmm. because it's scary to say to our partners, I'm feeling so raw right now and I don't know what it is Could you just come and give me this like tight, tight squeeze right here that would help me to feel good. Mm-hmm. And then, and I know this because I can connect to that as well. It's It's much easier to say, Did you do the dishes? Mm -hmm. Did you empty the garbage? Right. Yeah. But that's not the deeper connection that we're looking for. Yeah. And deeper connection is scary.
0: Uh Uh-huh. It can be really scary, Mm -hmm. especially if your experience with deeper connection growing up was not positive. Mm -hmm. You know, if you didn't get what you needed. I got a great deep connection with my dad. Thank God. But my mom, I didn't. So I think sometimes that confuses me. What is safe? What is not safe? And, you know, that... Being the other to a someone who might be highly sensitive person, I'm speculating might be highly sensitive person, is hard too because you feel like I need to have a simple conversation about my feelings. Mm-hmm. And it definitely will not be simple. Right. Right. There's layers. <laughs> it will not be simple. It will not be simply received or processed because then, hey, you know, it makes me feel cared for if you take out the garbage. Might not be received as oh I understand <laughs> 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 oh I see okay yes. that's not right. a, could you
1: imagine right. Bert going yeah oh yeah oh, I got it I'm so I'm so glad you shared that with me I actually see what you're trying to do here, Leanne. Thank you. Right, right. So so then we tie in when we're thinking of heterosexual relationships. Then we tie in what men are taught and a core theme for men in therapy that i see is that it's their their deeper struggles are around adequacy and fears of failing and worthiness Mm -hmm. and so oftentimes when the female partner when the woman says i need help i'm overwhelmed can you do the dishes they hear you're not doing enough wow They hear you're failing. (laughs) Did you see the dominoes clicking? (laughs) I
0: understand
1: something. Wow. Wow. Okay. Interesting. And I I did a presentation with a group in the military uh, with the family. So with the wives and their spouses are deployed. And we had talked about how they're trying to connect their partners across the world. And they're, you know, She's at home with two, three kids telling her husband who's deployed, I'm having such a hard time. And she's like, and then all he says is, well, have you tried? Maybe you just need to. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm not asking for a solution. Can you just listen to me? Yeah. And I reframed that for them. I said, you know, it's interesting because that adequacy piece of am I a good partner? Am I a good dad? Am I a good husband? I'm all the way across the world. I'm not there supporting you in this. That stirs up for a lot of men. That's mm-hmm. that deployed example, um, but I think that day to day piece and often then what shows up is, um, I think of kind of the narrative that can show up is I asked you to do the dishes. I didn't say you're not good enough.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting how men and women are so differently wired? I read that book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, a million years ago, which I have major notes on. But one of my takeaways from that, I actually, Bert read it when we first started dating, and I seriously have some serious notes on that book. But One of the things that really stuck with me is that we are wired so differently. And we process the same thing differently because we are meant to be different, right? I didn't like how he said things like, you know, women just need to shop, no, <laughs> men, not, men no, no, need they, a they, man cave. That they're, part they're, I didn't there were like. there
1: were misses in there. <laughs> big there misses. Bi- there were big misses. But but when we go into the biological level, even with boys and girls as babies, uh, we know that girls develop socially and emotionally faster mm. than boys do. Um, and in terms of language development, girls develop faster than boys do as well. With my own kids, I can see it. My daughter has complex feelings and ideas and negotiations in relationship already compared to my son, who is very motivated by building and movement, mm-hmm. even though we've raised them in an environment where everybody plays with trucks and everybody plays with dolls. And, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you just you just answered a question that I already probably knew the answer to if I'd just thought about it that way. You know, you think about things through your own perspective most of the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. It takes sometimes someone else going, hey, you know, look at this one. You go, oh, I already knew that. Why didn't I that? that's why we have that? Kathy. Exactly. <laughs> that's right.
3: One of the things I found really fascinating is that, you know, all of the couples that you talk about, you're really um, picking apart their um, very childhood – Relationships, right? And it's so interesting that we're all bringing that with us and that we all have unresolved stuff. And then it, on some levels, I understand. And I'm like, wow, yes, I have a ton of unresolved stuff. And then I'm like, holy shit, what have I done to my children? Mm. And what are they going to be picking apart in 10 years when they're in therapy? You know what I mean? There's like that right. dichotomy where I'm like, oh man, this book and is challenging they're in that supposed way. <laughs> to.
1: They're supposed to do that because it is relational uh-huh. and it is this bi-directional feedback where they are separate people than you and they also Mm -hmm. are learning to express needs and feelings and to communicate with you which is going to pull things out of you and back and forth so we can expect our children to struggle with certain things Mm -hmm. and I have fully accepted that my children will be in therapy (laughs) saying my mom's a therapist and she would always ask me how I felt about that (laughs) and and, you know we do our best as as parents Mm -hmm and we can look at seeing that there will be mismatches in environment and temperament that what our babies need and it's not possible to meet every single need, which comes to that good enough mother concept, Mm -hmm. which is that to build a secure attachment, you only need to meet 30 percent what our baby's signals
0: i am overachieving <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! right well i that mean right like a, so a it's that's the number. good enough
1: mother mm-hmm. be- because and motherhood puts a lot of pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. to be perfect to do all the things mm-hmm. to don't don't miss a beat make sure you're around um when baby's crying pick up baby and yet it's 30 percent wow right yeah. but it's all that
3: and model a good relationship so that right. they grow up in a healthy and can mm-hmm. you know have healthy relationships on their own when they grow up right as best you so, can yeah. I think
0: really like everybody probably should be in therapy at some point in their life mm-hmm. I really think because there's no yeah. no one's got it right you can mm-hmm. do your best job hey I think Bert and I are pretty decent parents decent parents mm-hmm. but definitely I can already see where both my kids need therapy because I mean, we're just doing the best you can. Is that all yes. you can do? Is the best you can, and you always fall short. So to think that you're never going to, and it won't negatively affect your mm-hmm. kids, is I think delusional. You have to, you have to accept that there are things that you do that aren't going to work for them. They're just not going to, and and that that's okay. I mean, we've told both our kids. Um, Happy to start therapy whenever you want. Mm -hmm. Isla's in therapy Mm -hmm. and and absolutely loves it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Go get it and complain about. I mean, she even said to the therapist, (laughs) to Bert, she goes, Oh, my therapist wants to meet you. <laughs> I was
1: like, okay, I'll go to
0: therapy. So we went to therapy with her once and talked. And just because he went absolutely and sat on the couch with her and spent that mm-hmm. hour, I think it meant even more to her mm-hmm. that he was willing to do whatever mm-hmm. and yeah. willing to show all his flaws. And apparently he doesn't think he has any flaws, which is great. Bit- <laughs> very, very uh, <laughs> vocal about in this therapy session, but how much that helps Isla to go back the next week and go see what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, this is what I'm dealing with. <laughs> was sensitive and, person, and, he, you know? and he showed up, right? And, and he and showed up. And he could
1: see that it mattered right. to her, which yes, then yes. teaches her so much in there. And, and if we go back to what it means to build healthy relationships, we don't want our children to only have relationships with us. We want them to mm-hmm. learn how to lean onto other people, mm-hmm. and that is building a community. And sometimes for most and for me I think it should be that's a therapist right they mm-hmm. could be that objective outside person because we all get stuck in tricky thought patterns and biases and especially our not fully formed brain in mm-hmm. teenage years we're supposed to be messy and struggle that's how we learn and grow well I was mm-hmm. winning
0: in the messy department room snake <laughs> bit in that room <laughs>
1: Um, I highlighted several
0: things that I just thought were amazing um that you wrote. Um, I'm gonna just read a couple of them and Kirsten, I saw that you're earmarked some. Oh so if you have any one- I
2: took share. terrible notes. I earmarked a ton and then I didn't go back to do my mm-hmm. secondary work.
0: I wrote notes. Let me see. One I wrote page two oh two about belonging. You wrote something about belonging. Mm. I thought it was we are all motivated to find belonging. Belonging is key to our overall sense of well-being. Without it, we struggle to feel worthy, to feel whole. But belonging isn't just about what happens with another person. It is also about what happens with ourselves. Mm. I thought that Mm -hmm. was amazing because so many people, like belonging, that's such a specific word, right?
1: Yes. That's
0: powerful. Mm -hmm. It's very powerful. I think so many people, I was this way until I got into therapy, Lived a life unexamined, and mm-hmm. and felt like I didn't belong anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? I had no friends, even the friends I had, I didn't feel like I belonged because I didn't belong to myself because mm-hmm. I didn't understand myself. Such a powerful statement. Mm-hmm. Did you got anything to say about that? You guys? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. It's what we're motivated in and to be in relationship with others. Relationships are so hard that, you know, of course you hear the, I'll be single, I'm independent, I don't need anybody else. And that doesn't meet one of our core basic needs. And that is that sense of belonging, of Mm -hmm. that knowing. And, And that is at the end of the day in our romantic relationships and in most relationships. But the idea that you think of me, that you understand me, that you want to see me. But then even when I go to bed, I want to be able to say, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. That when I sat with my friends today and I talked about some of those messy things, that I can say, I'm okay in me. Mm -hmm. And and part of that is acknowledging that not everybody is going to like every little thing about you. Doesn't mean that you don't Mm -hmm. belong, though. Right. Yeah, I love
0: that word. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've heard that word or said that word in a long time, belong. You belong to me. Maybe on my next date with my husband, I'll go. You
2: belong to <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> um,
0: another one I, I highlighted: empathy is a willingness to be in someone's experience without mm-hmm. judgment or problem solving.
2: Mm-hmm. While
0: validation is the act of letting the other person know that you see and understand their experience. I thought that was. I love clarity, right? Yeah. That was so clear, and the difference between empathy and validation, and. I loved that because without judgment is the piece that I think is missing a lot is that you can say, oh, I feel for you, but you still have that piece of judgment and that's not really empathy. I thought that was just such a clear way of expressing what that is so that you can act on that. Mm. You know, for me. That clarity helps me behave a certain way. If I don't have a clarity like that, I may continue a behavior and not understand it because I need that kind of clarity. It was that was really great. Great statement. Yeah. Do you have
2: one? I do have one, actually. Um, so we all have heard this idea about recharging our batteries like a bazillion times, but I think the way that you wrote it hit in a way that I think it was really more specific than just this idea of, yeah, okay, charge your battery. Sure, sure, sure. What does that mean? But um, you have here, we wouldn't let our cell phone battery drain to 10% before jumping onto a big meeting. We plug it in multiple times a day. We, but we often let our own energy battery drain mm-hmm. to empty. Recharging can be as small as five-minute activity. And you list some uh, examples. But I just thought, I mean, I look at the girls in our <laughs> troop. And yeah, some of them are chronically at their cell phone is at 10%, 7%, 2%. And you're like, what? Like, what are you doing that that is happening? And just the idea of applying that specificity of it instead of just, oh, is my battery drained or not drained? It's not a matter of that. It's not a binary, usually. It's usually like, okay, I'm having a pretty good day. I'm only 10% drained. Or, um, today has been like you know a a Mm -hmm. racing tornado and oh I am at three percent I need to just turn off the lights and like recharge Mm -hmm. um I just I think that you did a really good job of of explaining that sort of context to that instead of just like yeah recharge oh we all need to recharge our batteries what does that mean it's so vague
1: And I'll add to that too, the question I like to ask is, what do I need to be well in this moment? Because moment to moment, it's going to change. And in order to do those small recharge moments, we have to look at our transitions. We expect ourselves to just move seamlessly throughout the day without considering what I need to do to help me go from- I feel personally attacked.
0: (laughs) You do because I was you I felt my face going.
2: What do you mean? I don't do that ever. No, totally. And I mean, I just think about how every year, especially like mm-hmm. you know preschool, kindergarten, mm. elementary school, but honestly for all of the years, and I have one kid who has struggled with transitions to every school year, every single time. And every time I would talk about how sensitive she is, she is an HSP, she's so sensitive to transitions. And then I'd be going through the same thing, like going, oh, I'm just not adapting to this new school year. It's just so different than the summer. And it's like, no, I am not adapting well to transitions. I don't transition well at all. But yeah, like the day to day and the moment to moment, like throughout the day of transitioning from this thing to that today, being home, doing my therapy session on Zoom and having my husband in the other room and transitioning from that. I did take five minutes yeah. in there, just after I turned, closed out of the Zoom. I was like, just sat there with my thoughts for a couple of minutes instead of walking in and just saying, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. You you, you pause mm-hmm. there. We don't have to go go go. And then we can even model that to our children in the sense of, don't? let's let's empty, yeah. let's Are empty that. Sure? Part. I think that's the part
3: we forgot.
2: Like, not sure. Not. That maybe. must be a
3: Canadian thing.
2: Yeah, maybe.
3: <laughs> well, Houston failed that. So she's <laughs>
0: been over here a long time. Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> she's an expat. <laughs> so uh, this really it was something i had to learn along the way as well especially becoming mom and i actually one of my clients that really stands out for me was a dad and he would tell me about the ways he's burnt out and i would reflect Mm -hmm. this back to him and he would tell me yeah i'm I'm going to work i'm driving in i'm on a meeting and then meeting meeting back to back to back and then Mm -hmm. i get in the car hands on the steering wheel, I'm gripping and I'm getting home thinking about what I have to do when I get home. And then I'm there and then my son just needs me and then I'm flying off the top. I'm like, yes, of course you are because you haven't paused to breathe in any way. Mm -hmm. And this idea of could you take that car ride as a way to transition, turn off the meetings, notice Mm -hmm. the things around you, maybe you have Mm -hmm. a snack, maybe it's as simple as having water or if that's not possible, when you get home, instead of rushing into the house, Because if you rush into the house, although you're there to relieve your partner and the parenting duties there, when you show up irritated, we're adding even more to the load Mm -hmm. that's showing up at home. So then instead, could you walk around the house outside just looking at things around you? Could you do some jumping jacks on the sidewalk before you go inside? Just something to recharge yourself. Mm -hmm. That's great. I have to start doing that.
0: I think um, a friend of mine just said to me the other day, she gets up 15 minutes earlier, just 15 minutes every day, and sits in a chair in her room in silence and sits there. Sometimes she journals. Sometimes she, you know, prays. Sometimes she does nothing. But she gives herself 15 minutes before her day starts so that kind of self-care is already done. Mm-hmm.
2: All I'm thinking is she doesn't have animals. Like, who's feeding the animals who are barking and harassing you? (laughs) It's 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 the uh, the other layer,
1: right? The the animals add another layer. Feed
2: the animals and then take your 15 minutes.
0: (laughs) I don't know. You get up 15 Mm -hmm. minutes earlier, feed the animals, go back. I'm going to try that. Mm
3: -hmm. I I used to do that. that, I don't know why I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. It was so awesome. Was it? Yeah, Yeah, I do that after the barking animals. 30 (laughs) minutes. Like I used to get up. 30 minutes earlier and it was just nobody is around like and I need zero silence like to recharge so that 30 minutes was really valuable and I don't know how that dropped off Mm. um and for you your husband
0: works from home now since the pandemic uh so you don't and you are someone who charges your battery by being alone Mm -hmm. and quiet and he is someone who does not at all. No.
3: Not at all. And he <laughs> is convinced that, like, when I'm recharging my battery, just walking by and, like, giving me a peck on the head or whatever is okay. And I'm like, it's not. Leave <laughs> me alone. Oh, Stephen right? would Do purchase a <laughs>
0: Stephen-sized baby Bjorn and put it on <laughs> her belly. <laughs> very and just surreal. like, so anyway. Uh, what are we doing today, Kat? And
1: he's like, but I didn't even talk to you. I was like, but you just. You entered my energy bubble. Yes.
3: Yes. and <laughs> But like you know the flip side is that is what he needs mm-hmm. to recharge. So like that's where our you know conflict arises. But that 30 minutes was he's not going to up 30 minutes. <laughs> <earlier>. <laughs> yeah. Problem solved actually a that's bet. a really good it's suggestion. Coming back, Kathy. Yeah, it's coming yeah apparently. Isn't it funny how you
0: yeah. you get in good habits and something yeah. disrupts them and all yeah. of a sudden it says as if you've never done them. yeah. Right, I've Like I made- forgot that existed. Like why? Totally. <laughs> is that crazy? Even one of my yeah. first podcasts, I read a book about sleep actually. And in the uh-huh. book that back in the day, back in the like industrial revolution days, when people worked in factories all the time, they had this 888 theory. We have eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, and eight hours for whatever I want. So in my book, it was like six hours of sleep, and the other 18 for work. Right. That's how I framed it. And just the simple reframing of eight hours for sleep, eight hours for work, eight hours. So I started putting things in the different categories like Girl Scouts mm-hmm. had been part of that 18 hour work day where I went, actually, this is a, a choice. This is a volunteer position. I actually really enjoy it. That should go in the eight hours of whatever I want. I own animals because I want them. That should go in the eight hours of whatever I want. And once I'd shifted just my mindset, Mm -hmm. it relieved Mm -hmm. so much stress that. And then, of course, at some point I just stopped doing that. I don't know why, but I just got Mm -hmm. out of the habit of going, no, no, this is actually something that you want to do. Like getting my nails done is obviously it to me. Sometimes it feels like work because I'm Mm -hmm. like, I have an appointment. I got to get over there. I don't have time. Right. And, and uh, then I got to be like stuck in a chair for 45 minutes. Like who has time
2: for that? It's all work.
3: Yeah. but I uh,
2: remember that conversation and remember, it, yes. it changed my life. Um, it completely reframed a that I have to walk yeah. the dogs. I was like, oh, I get to walk the dogs. I love the dogs. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with the dogs. So yeah. it totally reframed that to me. So even on the days that I'm frustrated and don't really want to go on a walk, I think like, oh. They've been stuck inside all day. Mm -hmm. That makes them so happy. I get to have this time with them. It it literally changed my life.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I I did mine too for a little bit. And then I got back on the train. Uh, Bert says he can tell when he wakes up in the morning what mode I'm in by my footsteps. (laughs) (laughs) he said you have this little heavy heel walk you do and i go don't bother her you're not getting an ear from her nope and then he's like i can just tell by how you walk through the house what is happening for you on that day which is really interesting Mm -hmm. um i feel like i hit the ground in like a a full speed full throttle every day and i don't stop until nine o'clock at night every day so i need to start re packaging my moments
1: during the day um these are the human struggles that we all have we find really good routines and then something (laughs) derails us or we slide off of it and that's just life and then we need to have these little check-in moments for ourselves but that's like the Extra
3: added bonus of therapy, right? They Mm -hmm. remind you that, like, you've derailed yourself for no real apparent reason, or Mm -hmm. maybe there's something going on that's valid or whatever. But, you know, like to have that outside person to be like, hey, wait a minute, this used to be better for you, or Mm -hmm. this could
1: be better for you in the future, you know? Mm -hmm. We're also really, I think of a lot of my clients, we're really good at minimizing the weight of our experiences mm-hmm. or different events that are happening. Mm-hmm. You, you just being on tour <laughs> and how much that weighs on somebody, how much that's changing in your life, the something shifting in your job with your relationship, um, a significant, a, a move, you don't have to label it as significant. A move is a significant life event. Yeah. And we downplay it mm-hmm. and the impact it has. Survival. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. had that conversation with my therapist where I was
2: talking about um, an illness of mine and i said oh but you know it's not cancer and she was like stop it <laughs> stop it you're minimizing right yeah. but it's a survival
0: it's, technique yeah. to, to an extent you know mm-hmm. is to make
1: it yes, to make it through something to
0: make it so you can carry it you mm-hmm. know if it's so heavy you can't carry it you're not going to make it i think that's part of what you do why you do that mm-hmm. <laughs> um i highlighted something i have a couple more things to talk about in this book but i highlighted something you said uh, uh, about your relationship one of my stories is that greg doesn't help out despite knowing that this story originally comes from hearing my mother lament i have to do it all myself I found myself repeating similar words about my own marriage. The thing is, the more I tell myself this story, the less likely I am to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, Lee and Kreischer. (laughs) (laughs) Girlfriend. I am Mm -hmm. loving those
1: moments.
0: (laughs) What you doing? I literally went, okay. I say I'm so stressed out all the time to the point where yesterday I was talking to Isla about redecorating one of our rooms and and she's really into interior design and when i was done with my pitch she goes can i give you some advice and you're not going to like it <laughs> and i went yep she said i think you're too stressed out to handle this mm. and i went what are you talking about she said all you ever say is i'm so stressed out you can't do this right now you're going to have to wait till a better time and i went there's never a better time there's always a stress and then I remembered this and I went, I'll be damned. I say it all the time. (laughs) I'm so stressed out. I have to stop um, that narrative in my brain. I have to stop telling myself that story. I do have a lot of responsibility. I have a lot going on. But I don't want that to be my story. Mm. I don't want Mm -hmm. my story to be, I'm so stressed out. I want my beauty story to be, look what I accomplished. Mm
1: -hmm. Look how much
0: I can do. Mm
1: -hmm. Because that's
0: really what's happening is that I'm getting a lot of stuff done. Sometimes stress is different, right? Where there is actual stress or something, you know, someone has a health issue or some something like that. But mine is just about having a very full hectic pace most of the time. It's not
1: really um, burdensome. It's just busy. So, and just someone had said this to me recently of if you took these things off your plate, would you find other things? Oh, yeah. To put on your plate? yeah. <laughs> In rapid order. Right. So, yeah. so, so the narrative almost misses how you do live. And mm. we do have to ebb and flow and ask ourselves, is this what's working right now? And just as a story to go with that, when I submitted the book to my editor, I was walking home from my office that day and I said to myself, oh, OK, what's next? What am I doing next? Oh, oh my god! In just that the beat of walking home, of planning what's going to be next. Because that is part of my personality. I thrive when I'm doing and creating and all of the things and and also then asking myself, how am I doing with all of this? Is there a space for wiggle room? That's one piece. But then the other piece is then tackling that narrative because it is so easy to buy into that. I'm mm-hmm. so stressed. I'm so stressed. And the more we say that to ourselves, the more our body believes it. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I like my productivity. (laughs) I
0: I like, I would, I can't imagine. Like Jennifer in my office downstairs, shout out to Jennifer downstairs (laughs) today was like, you know, we're all supposed to be working at about 80% which is what you're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. So you have 20% for creativity, mm-hmm. for new ideas, for like, hey, what abouts? And I was like, Puh. I haven't worked at 80% <laughs> since like fourth grade. Like not even like as an adult. I don't think I've ever, not in recent memory, worked at 80%. If there was open space in the day, I was filling it up. So part of that is how I function. Mm-hmm. And I need to be okay with that and embrace that and part of it is maybe
2: i could do hundred percent instead of mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> 120 i don't know
2: just reframing your story as like mm-hmm. i thrive in working like mm-hmm. you were a worker you're a worker mm-hmm. so but you do thrive in that yeah i don't know what i'd do if i just I'd be so bored if I just was like,
0: what show are we watching tonight every night? And that's okay for other people. That's great. But it makes me anxious, I think. Mm
1: -hmm. That moment, I was wiping the kitchen walls. I can remember one Mm -hmm. one of those moments where that narrative shows up. And I started out by just doing a bit of dishes and the kids are playing in the other room. And then I'm wiping the counters. Then I'm wiping the backsplash. Then I've got out the magic eraser and I'm deep cleaning the kitchen (laughs) walls. And that's when the narrative shows up. And I had to catch myself because actually, while the walls are not Greg's priority, and he's Mm -hmm. not going to do that because he's not the same person as I am, he does a lot
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and so if we're in the context of our relationships telling ourselves a story we have to back out of it and say okay what is the evidence for this year can I look at this in a different way Mm -hmm. I like what you just said what is the evidence for this year Mm -hmm. because that is true I
0: I that is true I think um when you're a new parent and Inevitably, for most relationships, mom does a lot of the work. Mom, I mean, I fed my children from my body, and mm-hmm. they did not take a bottle. Not because I had a problem with that. I just found it more trouble than it was worth. Mm-hmm. I just like, it's much easier to just breastfeed. And so when I signed up for that, I signed up for no one else being able to feed my kids but me. And that's okay. I. But then the laundry list of th- my responsibilities Shifts in comparison to what Bert's even capable of doing. Right. So then, but then you start looking at the scales and you go, wow, mine's way down here and yours is way light. It's hard to remember to balance that and go, well, you know what? He is trying to build a career. He is trying to write jokes. Mm. He is trying to work in the clubs. And it looks like he's just playing video games, but an hour later, he's written a joke about the video game he just played. You have to keep it in perspective. But don't you think that takes a great
1: deal Mm. of maturity? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, and it, maybe instead of maturity maybe self-reflectiveness. Mm-hmm. Okay. That self-reflective process which does come with maturity as we age. Right. Um it, it also it,
2: comes with sleep. Like I sleep, I, I wasn't <laughs> able to have that perspective when I was just so underslept when yeah. We just were talking about our kids never right. sleeping. Like some people get the sleeping kids and some people don't. And I'm really angry about it. I didn't get one either.
1: <laughs> I have one kid who still doesn't sleep well. Um, yeah, I hear you with that. Um, it, it, it is that the loss of time and space that couples experience. And then when your own basic needs aren't being met, it's really hard to go through these seasons connected and feeling close. Right. Yeah. What's your least favorite part of being a therapist? Oh goodness. My least favorite part is paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Okay, besides paperwork. Paperwork. What's um, your least well, part? that one couple, they were a real pain. <laughs> you, my gosh. This podcast. Just um, kidding. <laughs> yeah. My least favorite part. Wow, I don't know if I've really thought about that in a long time. Um it, it's I think it's sometimes when I'm ahead of my client. And they're not coming with me mm. because I see it so clearly, and I, I I want to. I'm so human, right? I want to control. And be like, come on, come with me. It's really good over here. <laughs> once you see it this way, and and you know, it's not. That's not how therapy necessarily works. That right. people have to be on their own journey to be able to then get to that place. Mm. So I think that is probably my least favorite part. Is you don't get to control others. I've had people leave therapy, not come back. And they stay with me because they're not ready to Mm -hmm. make changes. And that's always a hard one to sit with. I bet. What's your favorite Mm -hmm. part? The vulnerability. Just being able to see people's real humanness and their willingness to tell you all of the messy stuff. I'm a human. They're, They're telling me their things. And that's risky because they could feel a sense of rejection or judgment, which is not for me to sit in that space as a therapist at all, but then to see the growth. I've had some growth moments with clients recently where we have both sat in teared up eyes Mm -hmm. because of how how much they've grown and changed over time. It's very meaningful work. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really great. Mm -hmm.
0: Your action item that I loved the most, I loved all of them, but the one I loved the most was learning how to repair. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there were four A's, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Acknowledge, ask for your needs, apologize, appreciate. And I thought, what a tool to teach your children those four A's and to model for your children. And how fulfilling you would feel in all your relationships if you just approached conflict from those four A's, that this was a really important page. If you don't take anything else away from the book, that would apply to your work, mm-hmm. uh, the lady that checks mm-hmm. you out at Target, mm-hmm. the your kids, your in-laws, your mailman. I just loved that page. I thought of all the pages, that was my favorite one because it can be just applied. It's so universal and easy.
1: And easy. And
0: easy to wrap your head around. Acknowledge, ask mm-hmm. for your needs, apologize, appreciate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Especially the appreciate because I've been accused of not being an easy apologizer. I disagree with that I apologize very easily when I can see my fault (laughs) when I can see my fault (laughs) if I can't see my fault I have a hard time Mm -hmm. I do when Mm -hmm. I don't understand Mm -hmm. what I'm apologizing for I feel like I'm lying right so I don't want to be a liar so I get very confused but when I read appreciate I thought That's the piece that might be missing from my apology when I don't understand the apology. Mm -hmm. I will say I will Mm -hmm. be the first to say sincerely, I'm sorry when I completely understand what's happening. Right. But sometimes Mm -hmm. when I don't. That appreciation part, I think, would bring me to it doesn't matter if you understand. Sometimes Bert has said this our entire marriage. Sometimes I don't need you to understand. I just need you to be sorry. And I'm like, well, but I'm fucking lying to you. But I'm lying to you if I don't understand. I don't appreciate that he needs the apology. I don't appreciate that. That appreciate part really, I was like, oh, I don't do that.
1: Mm -hmm. Or
0: I don't do it enough Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. That was cool. Anybody else have
2: a favorite part of the book? Anything that
0: stands out? Uh, Just all
2: of the takeaways really. Yeah. Yeah. again, I just cannot stress how, how brief they are. Like, yeah, they're, they're so short. It's like part of a page. And that's just, honestly, like that is key for me. I'm always <laughs> complaining about like, what? 500 page book? Why are we reading a 500 page book? The book club? We don't have time for this.
1: <laughs> I don't have time for five pages. <laughs> just I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I did not. I did not sign up for that. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't sign up for this this book club no, no, let me see if I there's anything it. else that you're marked the the What's piece about name? the repair i really like to ask people is did you see your parents repair
0: <laughs> is that a joke do people say yeah ever
1: <laughs> i i don't come across many that say yes but because what we mm-hmm. see is we see the blow up or we see someone leaving the room we see an, uh, an external expression of anger And our parents likely did something behind the scenes, maybe Mm. to repair in some way, but as children, we don't get to see that. So we just Mm. see the boom, (laughs) but we don't see the processing forward. That's something I've been really intentional with Greg is when I make a a mistake, which I've learned to hang out in the mistake. I've learned to be a quick apologizer, but it wasn't before. And now with the kids, I'll say it in front of them. I'll acknowledge that I did that. I know that's not really good. And... That's not what you intended. That's not what I intended. And moving forward from that because it's such a key skill. Like mm-hmm. it can change mm-hmm. things. But the piece behind that is stepping out of our egos that like to be right, that want to say, It's my way. I'm right. You should see it my way. Um, instead of being able to say, We're two different people. Right. We view this differently. It's okay for us to experience it this way. Mm-hmm. That wasn't my intention to upset you in that way. And I could see how it affected you.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that sometimes. We will make sure our kids knew that we've made up, mm-hmm. you know, that, mm-hmm. but not always. But mm-hmm. sometimes we do. But my, my mom would uh, resolve conflict by divorcing, <laughs> which was super clean. Mm. It was really clear. <sighs> Goodbye. Um, there's one more thing that really struck me and I know we're going back because I was kind of wrapping this up, but I'm going back because this one really struck me. My desperation to be seen has made it impossible for me to see us anymore. Not Mm. you anymore, but us. Mm. I thought that was amazing. I experienced that myself and I received that Mm. from my husband where he's so desperate for me to understand him, he cannot hold on to the two of us. And I thought, I am going to talk about my participation in this and also his. Mm-hmm. Because when he can no longer see us, I only see myself. Right. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, if you're fighting for you, then I'm going to fight for me. Because if I go to us, you're going to take it to you. And now it's mono y mano and it's over. And if I can get us to both see this piece, Mm -hmm. I think it will recalibrate so many things in our art. We don't argue very often. It doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. But when we do, I think um, what typically happens, because Bert is very sensitive, is that he starts fighting for himself to the point where there's no middle. Mm -hmm. And so then I won't stay in the middle Mm -hmm. because I'm like, you're just going to swallow me whole. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to fight for me now. And then and that's a bad habit. It's just Mm -hmm. a habit, I think. And and I understand where his comes from. He has a lot of anxiety. He has a lot of experiences where um, he was on a TV show for a while. He wasn't like this. when We were first married, but he was on a TV show for a long time where his life was in danger quite a bit. Not even joking. (laughs) And he felt like no one was fighting for him. Mm -hmm. So he would just dig his heels in and fight for him. He actually ended up with diagnosed PTSD and went to treatment for it because he couldn't. He was fighting for his life every day, he Mm -hmm. felt. Mm -hmm. And he felt like no one saw that the way he saw it. And it shifted how we fought in our relationship.
1: Right. right? Because it's a threat. And so when I go into threat mode, I have to protect myself. Mm -hmm. My brain, my nervous system can't tell whether I'm in front of a bear the memory of the bear or in front of you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. And I know
0: what's happening in the moment. I know like he's at an 11 and this is a number three issue. And how do I get, mm. let's get down to like a six and then maybe we can get in. And I can't get him in the middle because the minute I start going to the middle, he gets more intense about his side. Because mm. for him, the middle is an opposition to him. So the only right. thing I can do is agree with him. And so Mm -hmm. then I go, well, I'm not doing that because I don't agree with you. (laughs) And if I don't agree with you, I can't lie to you and say I agree with you. And then two days later, when you've calmed down, go, you know what? I actually didn't agree with you. That's not healthy either. But that one sentence, my desperation to be seen makes it where I can't see us Mm -hmm. is so clear that I think I can read that when we're not fighting Mm -hmm. and say, this is what I experience Mm -hmm. when we're arguing do you experience this also? If so, let's remember that the next time we get in this place so we can go back to seeing us.
2: I'm hoping that will. Work. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head that your writing and your analysis is very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's very clear. So a lot of the time I was just reading it going, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And so there were a lot of things that I didn't highlight because it was like, yeah, it totally makes sense. It wasn't even, it didn't feel like as dramatic an aha moment because it was so clear. But yeah, that's such a clear way of saying that, the not seeing the us. That struck Mm -hmm. me so strongly
0: because I've been trying to figure out why that dynamic, I knew why the dynamic changed, Mm -hmm. but I haven't been able to figure out how to get it to relax. Mm. I don't even need it to be what it was before. Mm-hmm. I just need the dynamic to relax mm. so that we can figure out something different. Is, mm. I think couples make mistakes when they try to recreate what happened before. Of course. Mm-hmm. So you have to be where you are here today and go, well, how do I make this more effective, more efficient, more win-win
1: yeah. I, I think sometimes what we do in these moments of disagreements and fights is that we go in wanting to resolve it in those moments instead of maybe even seeing where our nervous systems are. And I know even despite being a therapist, I can think of even with my son um, that sometimes I go in being like, no, this see it this way. And his nervous system has mm-hmm. gone off and, and we can't. And so in our relationship, sometimes we have to be able to say, "Okay, hang on. So you're at an 11 and actually this is a three. So because you're up here, this isn't the moment where I'm inviting you to come down to my three or a five. But let's go for a walk together. Mm -hmm. Let's do the dishes side by side. Let's do something for our bodies or you go and do something on your own. Although sometimes that like deep pressure squeeze can be really good for the nervous system as well. Instead of trying to resolve it in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I I find a lot of couples struggle with that pressing need right there is, okay, this is a big moment. Let's resolve it. Let's work through this. Mm -hmm. Rather than saying, we're good. We're not in the same page, but let's do the nervous system. Let's do the body stuff first. Mm -hmm. We'll come back to it later. That's really Mm -hmm. good advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice
0: because… That would help Bert, I think, a
2: lot. Yeah, this in chapter two, the end of chapter two is states of dysregulation and learning to regulate. And that was one that I flagged of like, oh, yeah, let's return to this multiple (laughs)
1: times. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which, again, if we connect that to that charging your phone in multiple times, Mm -hmm. charging your own battery multiple times. At the end of the day, saying if you're transitioning, where's my nervous system right now? Oh, I'm not in that calm, regulated social part. I'm in this like shut down, numb space. And what I can do for my body then is go for the walk or put on soothing music or put my feet up against the wall.
0: I have mm-hmm. to start doing some of that because I know what happens when Bert and I get in those moments is I will just shut down mm-hmm. and go, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Nope. Not doing this. Right. You go ahead tantrum it up baby i'm gonna shut it down and that's not fair it's not fair to me either Mm -hmm. it's not fair to him but it's it's not fair to me i don't do enough taking care of myself in the context of those kinds of moments i tend to like just shut down so as not to have the hullabaloo that comes with me saying i i can't meet you in the middle so i'm gonna stand up for myself it just becomes a bigger fight then it's necessary. It's just not necessary. But if I would say, let's, I'm going to go for a walk. Let's just breathe. Because anytime he breathes and takes a minute and I, or I force a minute, we can actually have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. I just, because you said it out loud, Mm -hmm. again, that like clear Mm -hmm. directive or, or piece of information that I can really see, I can behave on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I could totally do that. Our nervous systems are running hot. You have a hot singlet. So let's let the singlet cool off. You probably know what that is, right? No. no.
1: <laughs>
0: the singlet is a part of your brain, I guess. My daughter has like processing yes. issues. Yes. Um, and uh, this doctor did a scan of her brain, and she's like, "Okay, so she has the hot singlet." Mm. And I was like, "What does that mean?" He was like, "Impulse control problems. Where well, your singlets oh, run okay. hot, they're yes, impulse. Yes. They're very emotional. Right. They're very reactive. Mm. Kids and her, her singlets firing hot. So, <laughs> just know when she gets upset, it's going to go zero to ninety. Got a hot singlet, and I was like, I bet that's hereditary." <laughs> I bet that came from the jeans i know somebody else that has a hot singlet um anyway so we jokingly in our house saying oh we got a hot singlet do you <laughs> here we go here comes hot singlet
1: well i loved this book i thought mm-hmm. it was great yes all the thumbs up yes thank I you all Love thumbs the up yes. it was agrees. really
0: wonderful <laughs>
2: Um, thank Even you. Even for- Kathy agrees. And I that's I agree.
0: Yes. That's I something. Really, Doctor I don't feel like you uh, talk <laughs> enough. Is there anything <laughs> that I cut you off or anything? More no, anything you didn't cut me off. No,
3: I forget. I didn't really take a lot of notes, but I remember feeling like after the first chapter going, oh, my God, I'm screwed. We have so much work to do. Um, like the first chapter really like I forget. It was about like shutting down and mm-hmm. like responding to mm-hmm. one another. And I was like, oh, God. we're going to have to address some issues, I think. Um, That was the one that stood out to me the most, more so than anything else. But um, yeah, I love that it is – the word that keeps coming back to me is concise. Like everything Mm -hmm. in this book is super concise and manageable and uh, bite-sized and doable and whatnot, which I think is really great. Um, It's not always that easy so, it's heavy work. So, it is so really heavy that, work, Yeah. but it's fantastic for it to be broken down in a way that's very digestible and doable is really important. There are so many books that don't do that, mm-hmm. um, that I think this is uh, very valuable. And whether you're in couples therapy or not, I think people can benefit from it. You know? Yeah, because
2: I would say so, that the three of us are all in really happy marriages mm-hmm. and really minor discord when there is that it's very like that we're all very happy that we all have husbands who are very involved and in touch with their feelings and you know all that jazz um but it still was very helpful and Mm -hmm. productive to read it so
0: i agree i learned a ton
1: i was very happy i read your book
0: Thank you. And I'm very yeah. happy that you came down. Thank you. Yeah.
1: yeah this is Thank fun. you for yeah. having me here. This is this is fantastic. <laughs> it's my first book club for the book. And, yeah. yeah so have, like, when
3: does it actually come out?
1: It comes out September 12th. Oh, yeah. like yes. soon. So very very soon, exciting. Two okay. weeks. Well, yeah. Congrats. And just to hear your words and what stuck out for you is just so meaningful. That's really what I want for the book is for people to connect with the stories mm-hmm. and then to have some of those aha moments of, oh, that's me. Okay. I could do that. This is, this is manageable. Mm -hmm. It's not just me. I'm not alone in this. So yeah. Thank you so much. This has been such a gift. I'm so glad you came. Thank you. And I hope that
0: for your book too. I hope people find it and they learn and they grow and they become happier, uh, more fulfilled people. That's our job on the planet, right? Is to Mm -hmm. always be growing. The one thing that's constant is change. So if this book, fast track some change for the better that's amazing what a gift to the world you Mm -hmm. give to be a therapist and to put your put your own personal life out there and your experiences as a therapist is a real gift so thank you for sharing that with the world and thank you for coming today thank you thank you so much